Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 25, a mini episode here of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Joined, as always, by my co-hosts, John and Mung. And special guests tonight, you know, as a continuation of our last podcast. And this is the kind of information you guys are going to get on our Patreon. It's little special bonus sections. We're doing a way, 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 way too early Superflex rookie mock draft with my man, Matt Hicks. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Uh, it's always it's always a good time when you get the mock draft. Yeah, everybody just loves mock draft, right? You're scrolling through Twitter, you're scrolling through YouTube. You just want to see mock drafts, whether they're crazy or not. You know, and we're going to try to give you the best possible content, the best possible information. If you guys didn't catch out catch the last episode, we basically covered your top twelve to sixteen guys. Matt did a comprehensive, you know, each position hitting on guys. Um, Matt. Again, why don't you remind everybody um, where they can find you and what you have going on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So at the FF underscore educator on Twitter, uh, currently the director of fantasy football for the NFL Draft Bible. Uh, also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash the FF educator. And, you know, if you love talking about rookies, I uh, have a new podcast, the Rookie Big Board Podcast. So literally first episode uh, might be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, hopefully it is. So you can go ahead and check that out wherever you get your uh, podcasts. And Mung and John, anything you guys got going on there? Mung, anything at Fantrax or John, anything, you know, we have football we can watch and enjoy again, you know, do either of you guys have anything you have going on right now? Yeah, I'll be uh, starting my off-season articles for Fantrax, uh, of course, Dynasty focused. And again, I'm still dipping my toes into the 2021 rookie class. So as I go along, I'm sure some of my takes and some of my rankings are going to be pretty fluid here, but uh Excited to, you know, see where we start here in our first one way, way too early in January. And then, you know, see how much stuff shifts when we get to May, June. Yeah, I'm like you too, Mung, is I'm, I'm dipping my toes in there. I think John's about waist deep, you know, and, and Matt's got it up to his ears. He knows he yeah. know, he's already all the way in there. Uh, John, what's going on with you? Yeah, I, and, and I'm the same way. I've, I've never met a mock draft I don't like. I stop and, and read just about all of them. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active during the offseason. I just put a, a, a lengthy thread on Twitter out on the offseason, all the stages that we go through throughout and, and kind of giving some tips throughout. And that's what we're going to do here with the Smash Accept pod. I'm working on my rankings, and I'm also separately working on my rookie rankings, taking tips from guys like Matt Hicks here. And I'll be putting a lot of that out there for you guys. So reach out anytime at Dynasty underscore trades, and we'll chop it up together. Love it. We're going to continue to bring you, you know, dr- rookie content when it comes to those things. You know, I'm excited that during right around the senior bowl, we're going to have Chad Parsons on right around the combine. We're going to have Angelo from Angelo Analysis, just a lot of great guys and just 
bringing it all together for you guys, giving you the best off-season program we can. Um, backstage, we were kind of deciding how we should, uh, you know, transfer the pick. John ultimately Venmoed me five dollars. So John, you know, it's not it's not expensive, but you did earn that one hundred and one, or you bought that one hundred and one. So it's a pretty easy choice, right? Worth it. Yeah, this this is easy. In fact, I think if you look at the past few rookie classes, this is essentially the most sure thing, most consensus type of play that you'll see. And that's Trevor Lawrence. If you guys are listening, I, I probably don't even need to go into it. But, you know, I, I think that he is probably pretty close to a, a generational prospect. That's a loose phrase these days. But I think we can use it with Trevor. He's got everything you want in a quarterback, size, arm strength mobility, athleticism, can make every throw, high IQ. But he's also a guy that's always prepared. He's got the leadership. He's got the results on the field. He won the championship as a, as a freshman. I personally think he would have gone number one in the NFL draft last year. And, and I think that we, we might all agree that if you put him and stack him up against any of the QBs from last year, he's still the 101 over guys like Tua and Burrow. So – Look, I mean, the question for me here, Mike, is is not who the 101 is, but how valuable it is. We've seen it going as high as like six or seven in startups. So this is kind of a no-brainer to use your 101 on Trevor Lawrence regardless. And, uh, Mike, I mean, I think the question, maybe get some input from you guys, just how valuable is this pick right now? Well, John, I usually have a fever for more Dynasty trades, right? <laughs> My fever has changed. Do you know what I got a fever for? What do you got, Mike? I got a fever for more Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Honestly, Love I mean, it. right now Only he's going 106, 107, you know, in yeah. that range in a super flex as a first round pick. Um, so we almost got to look at things. The, the draft that I'm doing right now, when you're doing these early drafts, right, you're blazing the ADP. It, it hasn't been set yet. So we're still trying to work through that. And the particular draft that I'm in and the two or three other ones that I've looked at, Lawrence has gone in that range every single time. And then the consensus 102 is, is Justin Fields, and he's gone mid to late third. So if you're moving from that third round to that mid first, you're almost giving up, you know, not quite two firsts, but you're giving up a first plus to move into yeah. that range, right? So the, the the question becomes, what do we do with that 101, right? So let's say you have other quarterbacks or you have players in, in line. I personally want to take Trevor Lawrence wherever I can. But I'm looking at it would take for me to get rid of Trevor Lawrence. I would need the 103, one top three pick. So it's 102 and 103 and something in that 107, 108 range. And I know that seems crazy, yep. but I would want to make sure I get – if I'm giving up Trevor Lawrence, I want Fields, Harris – or chase guaranteed plus another, you know, top eight pick. What about you guys in this particular like situation? You know, it isn't a matter of who's one oh one, it's how much would you give to get one oh one or how much would it cost for you to give it up, Matt? Yeah, um gosh, I don't know if that would get it done for me. The what you just gave. I think I would need I would need to know that I'm getting fields. So I'd probably want the one oh two and then you gotta, I gotta have a shot at the running back. So I'd probably say I need 102, 104, which I don't think you could really get in most spots. But that's probably the only way I'm moving off of the 101 is if I know I can get Fields and then I can get either Etienne or Harris guaranteed. Yeah, it's got to be one of those nice. early ones. I mean, uh, we had a, a question on Twitter today. A guy says, guy offered me the 109, the 111, and a 20 
22 first. And I said, absolutely not. You're not getting any of those premium assets. Um, Mung, what would you be willing to pay? I mean, we're talking about what we would want. What would you be willing to pay to move up to get Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I'm on board with your guys' general valuation. Something like another top three or four pick plus another mid-first at minimum. I mean, we've seen that some of these guys who, at the time, it might seem like an overpay, but we've seen over the last few years these rock-solid, can't-miss prospects like Saquon Barkley, um, Kyler Murray, Kyler, ugh, I can't talk right now, Kyler <laughs> Murray, um, who've shot up into that top five you know, startup range. And Lawrence is already there. So really, you know, the risk of his value declining is pretty low. Um, so you hit it right there with it. Kyler Murray. What we need to do when you do this evaluation is you don't look at Trevor Lawrence versus, you know, fields per se. You say, what would I need to give on top of the 102 to get Josh Allen or Kyler Murray around? Because that's in that same range where he's going in a draft. And when you put a little bit more of, you know, name like that, where you know what they're doing, it kind of changes things. But, um, uh, you know, keep it moving right along here. Mung, you had the 102, um, and why don't you run us through your pick here? Well, first I'm going to say it's absolutely collusion that John got the 101, so I'm going to call that out, but luckily hey, it's a mock draft. You, you got to throw out a little bit more Venmo, you know what I mean? You, you give me four <laughs> bucks. I mean, you got to go even five at least. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll let was it go. He was just going to get it because he's, you know, our, our special guest here, and I was like, yeah, I got four kids, you know, I got, I got bills to pay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all collusion matters aside, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, I usually really talk about quarterback value in super flex formats. Um, and maybe I still have to do a little bit more film analysis into uh, Mr. Fields, but I'm actually going with Jamar Chase here. Uh, to me, he looks like a rock solid prospect. Um, you know, we talked about Justin Jefferson really just elevating his dynasty value in his rookie year. He's now, you know, in the conversation for that top overall dynasty wide receiver. And I think that's the same type of ceiling that we could expect from Chase. I mean, he's so fluid in and out of his breaks, you know, just absolutely monster catch radius. I think the sky's the limit for Chase. And, you know, he's one of those guys who could be a top five, top three dynasty wide receiver as soon as, you know, less than 12 months from right now. I was I love Jamar Chase, so I'm not going to argue with you. But I was thrilled because I got my 102 at 103, and I feel like you know 90% of your drafts are going to be 101, 102 is going to be quarterback, quarterback. If you have a one quarterback league, you know it becomes it becomes Jamar Chase and you know the guy that we're going to talk about at 104. But for me at 103, Justin Fields was a smash except you know I had to go there. One of the most highly recruited high school prospects. I only lost one college game. Looked phenomenal against Clemson, um, you know, and what he did in 2019 with 3,200 yards, 41 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Um, and uh, if you listen back to our last episode, you know, Matt really hit on it. He's one of the most polished quarterbacks. Um, you know, he talked about a lot of the the different, you know, as far as being a technical quarterback, being more of a his his throwing motion and everything like that. He might even be above Trevor Lawrence. He has a phenomenal skill set, and I feel like he's being discounted a lot in the dynasty community because of how high we're putting Trevor Lawrence. And like I said, in startups, he's going two rounds later. I'm really starting to come around on Justin Fields, and I love him at that 103. Matt, this is a snake draft, so you get to you know double tap here, which is always fun when you're talking about a four-team league. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, I'm probably breaking my keyboard. I'm smashing uh, drafts so quick here on Najee Harris at 104. So, 
Um, you know, the, I think it's only appropriate after our first episode in, in talking about uh, the Najee Harris uh, meme uh, with how much I love him. Uh, but absolutely, uh, one of the things that I, I actually, because I was just so infatuated, I didn't get the chance to bring up, He's on top of all of the athleticism and the power and the strength that Najee Harris brings. He is the best pass catching back in this class at 6-2-230. This man is the best best pass catching back in this class. Uh, they line him up out wide at times at Alabama. He runs the wheel routes. He runs angles. Uh, he is an absolute threat running downfield as well, which is just uh, unquantifiable uh, for fantasy football value. It, it's so... Uh, important. So Najee Harris would be my 104. Uh, he's in a tier there for you. You know, Lawrence yeah. is in a tier by himself, and then it's those next three guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, Etienne, Etienne, you know, should be in that conversation too, but I would take Harris over him pretty easily, yeah. um, which I, I guess actually lends itself then, you know, if I'm swinging at the turn here. Uh, you, know, you have a real thought here. Do you take Etienne, the running back at 105, or – um, you know, do you play positional value? And in a super flex league, I'm going to pick the quarterback more often than not because you're never going to get him cheaper than in the startup or the rookie draft. And I'm going to go with the high ceiling prospect here. Trey Lance is my quarterback three still on my board. I mentioned this on the original episode, but uh, don't expect to get year one production out of him, at least not at the level that you're going to want. He's a developmental guy. He's only played 12 career games in college. He's looked really good in those, but definitely not a perfect prospect. And coming out of North Dakota State, but super athletic, really big arm, uh, can do some incredible things with the football, uh, but needs to refine his mechanics, needs time to develop the mental side of the game, but still... Uh, at 105, that's a really, really high upside, but it's a long-term investment. But I'm happy to take it there with Trey Lance. And I, I feel like you guys got to know your league, right? I mean, if it's a 14 team, it's absolutely, it's not even debatable. If it's 12, we start to debate him. And like you said, my pick at the 106, I'm taking Travis Etienne. I wanted him to come out last year. Loved him. You know, he went back 2019, 1,600 yards, 7.89 yards per carry. Just ridiculous, explosive through the hole with that home run speed. You know, he's got that kind of speed where no one's catching him. He can fire through the hole. Um, and, the, and the biggest thing to me was this year, 48 receptions. You know, he's improved every single year, 5, 12, 37. And this year, 48 receptions. So he's improved his game, made himself a little bit more all around. And I am all about Travis Etienne at the 106. Mung gets the 107. We all know Mung loves the tight ends. He's a, a Kittle guy. You know, he's he, he gets excited, almost as excited as Matt does about Harris. When we talk about tight ends, that's Mung's department. Yeah, and, uh, you know, who better than Kyle Pitts, who's looked absolutely dominant. I mean, he's a huge red zone threat. He has that yards after the catch ability. Basically everything you want and a receiving tight end. And I know, Matt, on the last show, you voiced a few concerns on whether, you know, uh, you know, landing spot dependent and then also the, the possibility that he could get a designation change to a wide receiver. But assuming that he does stay a tight end here, you know, years ago, I was talking about taking Gronk over guys like Julio and Dez because you're getting similar production, but from a position where there's such a huge gap between the next tier and so for me, I do think that Pitts could be in that same tier eventually that we're talking about with Kittle and Kelsey. And so I want that positional advantage of that wide receiver one production in that slot. 
I love it. John, you've been waiting there patiently for a while. You got the uh, double tap coming up here with the 108 and 109. Take it home. Yeah, I, I was really excited to see who was available here, but I did also wanted to pause for a moment and give Matt props for smashing on on Harris there. He's quick learner. He's picking I, up quick with the smash accept I, guy. I got excited about that. He, yeah. like he threw the smash accept in there. You know, we might have to send him a T-shirt. Yeah, we should do that. Brand. Always a brand guy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's replay that clip later. Uh, right, so, it's going to be on repeat with a right. Najee Harris meme, and it's going to repeat, repeat Matt smash Hicks saying smash. Fantastic. So, all right. At 108, I went with Devonta Smith out of Bama. And I, I have to admit that I did consider his, his teammate, the other the other guy, Waddle here, but I don't maybe maybe recency bias, but I do love Devonta Smith here, especially eighth overall. I mean, the guy was just awarded the Heisman Trophy last night after an incredible season. I mean, over 100 receptions, over 1,600 yards, 20 touchdowns. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this. Last time a wide receiver won the Heisman was Desmond Howard in 1991. Okay, so he's he's an elite wide receiver, and I think that he can be in the NFL as well. I, I love some of Matt's inputs. I think if he, especially if he's a complimentary wide receiver, this guy could really do it all. I, I've been watching a lot of film on him. He's one of those guys that looks like he just has that killer instinct, real natural, pure player, phenomenal route runner. And he's really sudden out of the breaks, just explosive out of the cuts, you know. Um, it, so he just looks like he's a threat to score every time he touches the ball. And it, it feels like a guy that will make the defensive game plans change, you know, keep a safety deep, those kind of things. So, And then I love the hands on this guy. He shows the hands late, good leaping ability. So, you know, I, I think that, too, just some of the film I've watched, he's beating, like, NFL quality DBs like Stingley at LSU, as an example, I think it'll be fun to watch him against Sean Wade uh, as well. I was, excited. I was excited he won the Heisman because it yeah. kind of uh, lets Trevor Lawrence off the hook. The last quarterback, yeah. you know, to, to win the Heisman and win the Super Bowl, I believe, was Roger Staubach in 68. You know, it's been a long right. time. Yeah. It's kind of a big yeah. curse there. And what are you it, taking at 109 here? Yeah, because 109. And, and also with that, are we seeing there another tear break here? Or do you still have this player in said tier? I personally do. Um, I and and I I've taken Zach Wilson here. I think that there there may be a bit of a drop off after this pick, but it's it's exactly for the reason that Matt just said: positional value and superflex. And we just heard from Matt that Zach Wilson is part of that top four of QBs, and there is a substantial drop off after that. I agree with that. I I, I don't want to have. Um, any shares of Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, myself, fully agree with Matt on that. And so I was actually pretty excited to get Zach Wilson at, at 109. Just a, a little bit on him. I think Matt described him as a gunslinger. I really like that. He is 6'3", 210, good size. He completed 73% of his passes this past year. And you look at the 33 touchdowns versus three interceptions. Okay. Um, you know, the arm strength looks really good. He looks to be mobile maybe overstated a little bit, but he seems like he's got high football IQ, good instincts, kind of like natural feel for the game. He's playing at BYU, so it's kind of hard to judge that for me, but he feels like a modern NFL quarterback that probably will help a little bit with some of the rushing stats padded on to what appears to be an accurate quarterback. So uh, I'm pretty excited about Wilson overall here, Mike. 
Yeah, and don't just give up on these late firsts. I mean, we talked about it uh, that you know you were getting guys like like Higgins, Jefferson, Judy, Justin Herbert. Don't just give up on these because you're saying it's a late first. There's a lot of gems here towards the late part. And Mung, I think you've you found one here in your next pick as well. Yeah, I think my pick here is a little bit more risk reward, but I'm going with Kenneth Gainwell here. Um, really love what I've seen out of him. He's a strong runner, but more importantly, you know, the league is going more and more pass heavy. And Gainwell is an excellent pass catcher. He even plays out of slot. And, you know, for the vast majority of us, I think at this point, who are playing in PPR formats, that gives these receiving running backs a high floor and ceiling. Now, my only concern with Gainwell is that he is a smaller back. So depending on the landing spot, he may or may not get a three down roll. He could become more of a complimentary back. But if we're talking about pure upside, we've seen that Memphis has absolutely churned out some excellent running back prospects. We've seen Antonio Gibson uh, really tear it up with Washington. And then Tony Pollard, he hasn't gotten a featured role, but we've seen uh, as recently as a, a couple weeks ago that when he does that, his potential is extremely high as well. I like it. The next guy at 111 was a guy, Matt, you, we spoke last year on the refinery and you, you really turned me on to Rashad Bateman. Uh, Rashad Bateman at Minnesota, you know, obviously as a sophomore, had a fantastic campaign, you know, 60 receptions, 1200 yards, 11 touchdowns uh, this year, you know, obviously only five games, but he's great at the line as in getting separation, you know, the nuances that he has in the different areas of, he's not the most physical wide receiver, but I'm excited with what, what he could possibly bring to the table to an NFL team. Now we got you for another, you know, why don't you finish out the, the 112 here and then we'll kind of quick hit on our, on our first four guys in the second round. Yeah, I think we might've got it swapped up a little bit. I took Waddle and Marshall here at the turn. I didn't take Bateman. He's only oh, a bit lower for I did. I messed up the actual draft order. Okay. John corrected me. So I was like, you, you got two guys here. You got the, the okay. end of the 112 and then the 201. Oh, I, I, my pick. I think that was John's way of like, he, you know, even it out for Venmo and me some cash there. He was like, Hey, we're going to even it out. You, you almost forgot to draft yours. Like that happens all the time in rookie drafts. Right. I had the one eleven. I'm like, I don't need it. Just, somebody else go. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Math isn't my strong suit. I, I like the tape, not the numbers. Uh, I, I will quickly throw out. I, I don't have Gainwell quite as high, but a really good caveat that I like to throw in uh, to help, you know, bump up Gainwell is if you really like Antonio Gibson, uh, yep. The reason Antonio Gibson was playing mostly wide receiver at Memphis was because yes. Kenneth Gainwell was playing running back, and he couldn't get on the field as a running back. So if you like Antonio Gibson, uh, you might like the guy that took his running back job at Memphis, uh, who, which is Kenny Gainwell. So um, with that being gains. said, which, sorry, what was that? Get them gains. Exactly, get them gains. Uh, with that being said, I, uh, I took a pair of wide receivers here. Uh, in Jalen Waddle and Terrace Marshall at the turn, uh, two great wide receivers for very different ways. Waddle uh, is going to be one of the high, one of the fastest players. Uh, before he had the ankle injury, uh, impossibly if he's healthy, um, he would have ran or, or will run one of the top three forty times I think overall at the combine. He's very very fast. He's been timed sub four four, um, and then. Uh, but on top of that, he's more than just speed. He's a really good route runner. He's got really consistent hands, um, really good footwork there. Uh, so when you got good feet, good hands, and you can run fast, that's a really good combination. And then Terrace Marshall is a little bit different of a player. Can move all over the field, 6'3", has good length to him, nice catch radius, uh, really, really sticky hands. 
and just a really high level of athleticism to his game. So I mentioned he's 6'3". Uh, he looks like he's 6'5 out there, but he's running like somebody who's 6'0". And so, uh, you know, a really good combination of skills there for Terrace Marshall. He's probably going to go late first, early second in every rookie draft. And I think you're going to get a ridiculous level of value there. So I expect to have a lot of Terrace Marshall this year because I think he's just going to be at a really valuable spot. Love it. The uh, 202, no one's risen up boards like this guy. You know, I mean, obviously improved his draft stock immensely. Likely still going to be a day two pick, but 5'10", 220 pounds, Javante Williams. You know, I mean, 1,140 rushing yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Add then 25 receptions this year. And he just has an explosive play style that blows me away when I watch him, you know, and he's going to be an exciting one. Um, the the concern for me was ball security. You know, he had a, a struggle with that in 2019, but only one fumble this year. So he might be a little bit early on here. You know, landing spot's going to be a lot for him if he gets into the right situation. But I typically try to get them running backs as early as possible and missing out on them. In the earlier part of the draft, I'm going with one here. Mung, who's your next guy? Yeah, um, I've got Chubba Hubbard up next. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of weird because a lot of people had him in that top three range last year. And, you know, according to many, he should have probably just come into the NFL. But, you know, all disappointments aside in 2020, we're talking about a guy who was absolutely explosive and dominant in 2019, over 2,000 rushing yards. I mean, the potential is sky high here. And overall, you know, Oklahoma State really didn't perform this year. And I think that really trickles down. And, you know, going into the NFL, depending on how he tests at the combine and depending on landing spot partially, I still think that Hubbard has that elite potential so I'm willing to take him if he drops into the second round of rookie drafts here. I like it. The last one here, John, I really debated back and forth. And I think if I'm in if I'm in an actual rookie draft and I don't need running backs, I'm taking this guy. Love the value here. Yeah, you might even see if you got that cowbell nearby. I love this this pick here. I went with Rondale Moore out of Purdue. It, this feels a little bit like stealing. I think I'm getting him this late because of the durability issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's also got some size issues. Uh, if you can't stay on the field, I get it. People will start to drop him down lists. But at this point in the draft, what are you looking for? It's it's upside and it's ceiling. And that's what this guy's got. He is so much fun to watch. I mean, just watch a few highlights of this guy. His, he's a human joystick. Acceleration is amazing. He's kind of built low to the ground. So he, he absorbs compact uh, and, and jukes people out of their shoes. Real elusive. He almost looks like a running back with the ball in his hands. And remember what he did as a freshman with over 1,500 total yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, so I really like the the upside here with Rondale Moore. I will say, you know, last thing is I, I will be listening to the Rookie Big Board podcast because Matt here has almost got me rethinking it, it could have been JV on Hawkins here. Yeah, we're very early in the process, but we wanted to bring you a mock draft, a little bit more fun. If you guys want to listen a little bit more to what Matt had to say, you know, more of the hard-hitting stuff, you got to check out, you know, episode 24. But we wanted to bring that fun mock draft kind of thing because we all love doing that. Um, Matt, why don't you take us home here, you know, again, talk about what you have going on. And I want one question, you know, we're going to talk about this with everybody that comes on for rookies. Antonio Gibson was that sleeper that's winning people leagues. Who is that guy for you? that you could get after 
the second round that's a potential league winner, or let's say after mid-second round? Absolutely. So again, on Twitter, at the FF underscore educator, a brand new podcast coming out, Rookie Big Board Podcast. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, and then on Patreon, patreon.com backslash the FF educator, uh, access to my full Rookie Big Board. I have full tape notes, rankings, uh, NFL draft, and uh, rookie fantasy football projections on all of these guys. Uh, the big board right now has 169 prospects on it with about 45 completed film reviews and another 20 or so partial film reviews. So, uh, And we're adding more every day. So uh, it's going to be a fun process. That's a really good question. I always say like second round picks are so valuable. Well, this year third round picks are so valuable. There's some really, really talented guys. Um, but you know, if I'm trying to think of like a day three pick, that's really going to hit, you know, Gabriel Davis was like my big guy last year. I got him everywhere. Third, fourth round. So if I'm trying to think of somebody who could be really cheap and somebody who pops out to me, uh, from the wide receiver position, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss five, eight, one eighty four, And this was somebody, one of the things that I really love on tape is when I watched so I watched Moore's 2019 tape, and I thought he was a fine player. Nothing super special, but a fine player. But he improved dr- dramatically from 2019 to 2020, and I'd love to see that growth in prospects. It was one of the reasons I was really high on T. Higgins. So for me, Elijah Moore, he may be limited to the slot role in the NFL, but I really think he can excel in it. He's got sticky hands, catches on and off target balls, uh, plays through traffic very well. Uh, does n- is not faced by having defensive backs hawked all over him, and we know some of the best defensive backs in the country playing out of the SEC. Uh, but with that ball in his hands after the catch, super athletic, uh, super comfortable in space, uh, and a really good quick lateral runner. So Elijah Moore is a guy who, you know, if I can only give one name here, and, and I don't think his name is big enough yet, uh, so you can still, I think, get him under the radar, and I think he's going to continue to slide under that radar. I love it. I'm writing that one down already. Uh, Matt, I got to thank you so much for coming on, doing these two podcasts. We had a blast having you on. Uh, One more time, why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter, and then John and and Mung, why don't you guys close it out? Yeah, this was was a blast. I I love talking about rookies. Uh, You know, like I said, this is what I do year-round, and I'm excited to do it and track this 2021 class year-round. So at the FF underscore educator on Twitter. Yeah, and you can find me. It's John at Dynasty underscore trades. And I'd love to continue the conversation. Reach out. Let me know what you're looking at in your rookie picks and trades. And let's mix it up all offseason. You guys can find me on Twitter uh, at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I'll be coming out with a lot of offseason dynasty content over at Fantrax in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Super excited to talk about the 2021 class. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.